It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we are at the IHSA a student leadership conference and we are broadcasting in front of a live studio audience okay and we're going to do uh, a twitter cast and what that is we've got some uh, volunteers who unwittingly uh, showed up with their phones and their twitter accounts handy and we're going to randomly pick a tweet off your Twitter account and read it out loud as if it's broadcast. Because the point is, when we cover social media on this social awareness show, we like to marry the two industries of social media with broadcast media. When you send a tweet out, you might as well be reading it on the radio. So that's exactly what we're going to do right now. So our first guest is... Jasmine. Here we go. Let me just scroll it. Stop it. This is like uh, Russian roulette, sort of. Here we go. I'm Adam Ritz with a news update from Jasmine. Yay, I have an interview at Justice on Wednesday. <laughs> Very good. Okay. That's, that's great. That's a great way to, you know, you're representing yourself. You're, you're, a, you, you're not lazy. You're not sitting on your couch. You're going to go to a job interview. That's fantastic. Okay. You, you were sweating it, weren't you? You were, oh, okay. No, all, all your tweets are good. Okay. Next is Cameron Green at Killer Cam. At Killer Cam. All right. He's not shy. And it's, it's Cameron? Yes. Okay, let's, you can't pick. I'm going to scroll it. It's like a slot machine. Okay, here we go. You ready? News update from Killa Cam. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. Okay. Not horrible. Could have been worse. But completely accurate because you are hot. Okay. Good job, Killer Cam. All right, here we go. Uh, it's not loading yet? Okay. Let's go to, uh, here's Cam. Uh, what is your Twitter handle if you want to give it out? I'm underscore about to go underscore Cam. About to go Cam. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to scroll, pick one. News update from Cameron Smock. I often think about how stormtroopers should have better aim. <laughs> Keep going. Like their elite military units with technology advanced laser guns. He's right. I often think, now I'm going to think about that every time I watch Star Wars. You guys all passed the test, nothing inappropriate. Uh, even the hot guy, you know, hey, it's not bragging if it's true, right, my man? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's your Twitter cast. You get the point. Whatever you tweet, it is broadcast. It is out there on radio and television, likely for everybody to see at some point and judge your character and possibly affect you. All of you, all of you passed the test. I would hire any one of you. Let's have a round of applause for the Twitter cast here at the Leadership Conference. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Rolling on on the uh, campus of Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. We're with the Director of Basketball Operations for the Boilermakers. This is Elliot Bloom. Hi, Elliot. How are you? Great. How are you? I am uh, doing fantastic. Thank you for your Purdue hospitality. 
uh, the home of the Boilermakers, and as the director of basketball operations uh, for the Boilers, what do you do? Well, I get asked that question a lot, and I've, I, I've oftentimes thought I should start writing this stuff down because it changes uh, day to day. But basically, I'm a coach that doesn't recruit or coach on the floor. So I handle all of our administrative duties. I handle some on-campus recruiting, our travel responsibilities, our, our day-to-day weekly, sched- our weekly schedules, monthly schedules. I schedule our non-conference games. Um, and I just kind of am the liaison to the administration here at Purdue. If there's 10 seconds left in the game, Purdue's down one. There's a timeout. Can you run in the middle of the huddle and go, wait, 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 let's do this? The only thing I would do in that <laughs> case is say we don't have any timeouts left or we have one timeout left. That's my responsibility in game is to keep track of timeouts and fouls. So other than that, I'm not messing anything up or getting in anybody's way. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, we bring you on the show to talk about uh, social media within the team and how you use it or, I guess, allow the – student-athletes to use it. Uh, We cover a lot of social issues on this broadcast, and we really like hearing how um, experts in the field uh, apply these, I guess, rules, team rules to their own players, and I consider you an expert in the field since you are a a coach for a Division I basketball team. How do you handle social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram with your own players? Well, we try to educate them best we can on the uses of it, the benefits of it, but also some of the detriments of it as well. Um, When we get to the point where we start practice, we do not allow our players to be on Twitter anymore. Um, And we do that for a variety of reasons. There's, As you know, guys tweet things sometimes that seem very uh, innocent, but taken out of context they can be mean a big thing especially to our opponents if a guy tweets something um, it, it, other teams can doctor it in just about any way they want to make it locker room material you know bulletin board material and other locker rooms and we've done that before too we'll see a tweet from a, a, an opposing player that we're getting ready to play and it may be it may be a simple tweet just as excited about playing Purdue and we'll put it up on the board and tell our guys well why is he excited about playing they think he's going to beat us they think they're just going to walk in the gym and automatically get a yeah. W and and it's, it's funny how you can manipulate that stuff. So to just save our guys from having to deal with any of that, uh, we, don't, we don't allow them to tweet during the season. And it's less of a distraction, too. Um, we go back and look at some of the a number of tweets that our guys have, have tweeted over the last, you know, five, six years, and it's astounding. And as coaches, it leads us to ask, well, how many hours have you spent tweeting when you could have been in the gym working on your shot yeah. and or working on your ball handling or, you know, getting better at basketball? So then you start to question, are you really, do you really have both feet in in terms of basketball? Do you, are you really in this 100% or are you more worried about social media and your Twitter account than you are your jump shot? So to save all those arguments, we just think it's best for our guys to, to stay away from it during the season. And I think in a, in a way our guys, it almost takes some pressure off of them because anybody who has a Twitter account knows when you start a Twitter account, you have to keep up with it or yeah. people – you know, drop you or don't follow you or it becomes what's the point. And when they don't have to worry about tweeting, I think it takes some of the pressure off them and lets them focus on the season. Let me ask you, when you said uh, you can take a tweet from an opposing player, even if it's innocuous, like can't wait to play Purdue, you can put that up on the board and say, hey, look what player X at Illinois said about playing Purdue. The extreme example of that, if you see or have you seen a player on an opposing team with um, a misdemeanor, felonious activity in a tweet, a message about guns or drugs that you then 
maybe take it a step farther and contact the league office and get that kid suspended for the game. Well, there's been some, and at our level too, with the, as thick as the NCAA rulebook is, there's a lot of times when guys will tweet things that are NCAA violations, and they don't they don't know. We had an incident where um, one of our walk-ons brother committed to the football team here, and he sent him a congratulatory, hey, you know, great decision on coming to Purdue. And because the kid hadn't actually signed his letter of intent yet, he couldn't direct message him on Twitter like he did. And so it was actually, actually a you know, secondary violation. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's been some of the examples, you know, that, that our guys don't even know the rule when it comes to social media and recruits. And that's kind of a gray area that even the NCAA is looking into, you know, and that's something that will always evolve. But there's been instances like that. There's been instances that we use for examples from other schools that maybe uh, somebody tweets um, or, or we'll put a, uh, a picture on Twitter and there's alcohol in the background and then, you know, there's underage people involved and all of a sudden now, you know, you almost put the pressure back on law enforcement or whoever the administration or adults are in that certain situation. Now they feel like they have to follow up because everybody and their brother knows what's happened because it's hit the Twitter world. So um, as, as good as Twitter can be, there's also a lot, of, a lot of problems and issues that can pop up and a lot of times our guys may not even know that there are potential issues until you get them educated on it. Elliot Bloom is our guest, director of basketball ops for the Purdue Boilermakers. And I have to ask, Twitter is off out of bounds and off out of bounds. There's a little basketball reference. See how good I am. Uh, off limits for the guys during the season. What about all the other things? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and the other 75 million things that I probably don't even know about because I'm too old. Well, and you just mentioned a couple that I you know, have no idea about. So that's, that's one of the challenges as, as administration and coaches, you know, keeping up on all that technology, finding out what it is, what, you know, knowing the ins and outs of it. Um, and, and could it be used in a way similar to Twitter? Could it be detrimental to, you know, what we're trying to accomplish as a team? And we kind of take it case by case. And, like, for instance, Facebook, you could be on Facebook, but, we don't, you know, we want you to limit your use and we want you to block certain people from being able to be friends with you on Facebook. So, you know, we talk about Facebook, it seems like it's like the old version of email and, you know, email was the old, you know, snail mail and phone calls. So it's just the way, the speed at which the technology is developing is unbelievable. I know Instagram is one of the things that our guys were on last year. We didn't set up any rules for that, but that's something we'll probably be addressing this year is something that will ban them as well as, you know, as Twitter for the coming season. So, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to ban them from Twitter, you, you have to ban them from Instagram. Because, yep. uh, and you know what? By the time that ban comes through and you're on the second game of the season, there's going to be something else that, yep. that we don't know about. And they're not going to run into your office and say, hey, hey, coach, guess I just right. want to let you know about this new Twitter that we're using. Right. And that's the thing, too, is who monitors that. So now one of us has to get an Instagram account to monitor, you know, the other Instagram accounts. So uh, the, the pace at which it's, which it's changed which it changes is is amazing to us and it, in a way i guess it keeps us young because we're having to get on there and chase these guys down but uh but also too you know we understand the value of it and getting our uh, message out and our brand and purdue basketball and and connecting with you know recruits fans and the people that we are trying to reach there is a benefit to it but you just have to be able to do it in a very responsible manner well, we thank you for your time. Elliot Bloom is the uh, Director of Basketball Operations for the Purdue Boilermakers. Before I let you go, the uh, Mackey Arena, the uh, stadium where Purdue plays basketball, has just gone through a $700,000 million renovation. 
Um, actually, what was the renovation? How much? Roughly 100 million, just under 100 million to 100 the whole, million. Yeah, to the whole uh, the whole building, and that included the uh, the, the three story building we attached to it, new practice core, weight room, uh, training complex, all that stuff. So. Okay, so with the new 100 million dollar renovation, uh, and we encourage all basketball fans to just Google Purdue basketball and check out the images. It's pretty astounding. What is your favorite part of this new renovation? Well, uh, I like the fact that we didn't touch much of the interior bowl. We kept the, the, the most of the arena intact in terms of a game atmosphere. But the amenities for, in, that I like the best are probably back in the locker room, the film room, uh, the players' lounge, selfishly the coaches' lounge because we have some nice uh, recliners in there and, and uh, are able to kick back and watch some games before or after practice. So that's, that's nice from a selfish standpoint. But for our players, it's got to be the locker room and the training room right next door because that's where they spend a majority of their time, uh, well over 300 days a year in, the, in that locker room. So it's, uh, it's bigger, it's more comfortable, and it's state-of-the-art. So that's probably got to be the most impressive part for us. It is very impressive, Purdue basketball. Uh, we thank you for your time. Before I let you go, do you have a Twitter? I do. ER Bloom uh, is my Twitter handle. So I'm, uh, I'm not as... Uh, I'm not as uh, avid a Twitter as our players. I don't have the, you know, the 10,000 tweets that they are up to, but, uh, but I tweet from time to time and try to keep it uh, sports-related, and especially when it pertains to Purdue basketball or uh, sports that are going on in the Indianapolis area. At E.R. Bloom, he is Elliot Bloom from Purdue University. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Scott Shirley, Executive Director of Uplifting Athletes. We work with college football players around the country to raise money and awareness for rare diseases. To learn more, visit upliftingathletes.org. Now back to the Adam Rich Show. Okay, the show continues. We're rolling on in Tyler, Texas at the University of Texas at Tyler with assistant soccer coach of the women's team. It is Erica. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really fantastic and uh, even even better now that I've learned about this uh, uh, service project that your players do um, called Team Impact. Is that right, Team Impact? That is correct, yes. And uh, it's really cool. You've sort of uh, adopted a, um, a child uh, terminally ill with uh, some sort of cancer. Uh, please explain how this works and how you got involved with this, how your players and really the student-athletes got involved with Team Impact. Absolutely. Well, it was about a month and a half ago, I would say, Team Impact actually contacted my boss, Coach Webb, and asked if we'd be interested in just embracing this little girl onto our team. And she's an eight-year-old. Her name is Emma Ralph. And she was diagnosed when she was three years old with Fanconi anemia, which is a bone marrow disorder. And since she was diagnosed, she's undergone bone marrow transplant transplants, chemotherapy. Um, she constantly is traveling back and forth to Boston where they do her Fanconi anemia research. And she is just the most fun, full of life, happy-go-lucky, spunky little girl that we have ever met. And uh, she really has just been a joy and a light to our team since we've gotten to know her. And um, she is just that. She's a member of our team. And she comes to practices. She comes to team events. And um, we look forward to having her on our roster for next season for the first time. That is cool. And, you know, I've got, I'm no doctor, but that, I've never heard those words before in my life. What is her disease called again? Fanconi anemia. My goodness. Some sort of a bone disease. That's correct. Um, now, okay, so the genesis of Team Impact is uh, fairly simple. We're uh, player um, student athletes at the University of Texas at Tyler, and we want to we get involved with our community and, and help out um, w with a child with cancer. 
okay, that's a great idea. How do we do it? How, how'd you meet her? Was there, were there candidates? How did she get involved? How'd you get connected to her, I guess is what I'm asking. We were actually contacted. We were really blessed. We were contacted by Team Impact. And they oh, okay. asked if we wanted to take this girl onto our roster, and we were thrilled by the opportunity. Ah, um, I get it. Okay, so Team Impact is, I'm going to guess, a national initiative that absolutely. works with student-athletes across the country. That's correct. And okay. they actually, once they found us, we were one of the first teams in our area. Uh, and since we took on Emma, our volleyball team has then taken on Becca, which you um, met, I guess, earlier. Yeah. Okay. So team impact. Again, I'm a, a communications uh, major, so I can put the one plus one equals two. So uh, teamimpact.org is what I'm going to guess. I would say that's probably I would say right. that's got to yeah, be that right. Sounds and, about right. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, then uh, please, we encourage our listeners to Google Team Impact. And uh, what about a more specific Google search for can we learn more about um, her and Team Impact with your team here at University of Texas, Tyler? Absolutely. Our little teammate, Emma, has a Facebook page as well called Prayers for Emma, which has thousands and thousands of fo followers. She's gotten to do some amazing things. Um, she got to meet. Um, Taylor Swift and go to her concert wow, cool. and she's done all kinds of fun things and she really is a Facebook sensation so I encourage you to check her out there because she has a lot of uh, encouraging and uplifting words and pictures and things that just could inspire you to live every day to its, to its fullest. And that's prayers for Emma on Facebook. That's correct. Okay Erica assistant coach at uh, UT Tyler with the uh, female soccer team, women's soccer. Um, you also played soccer at the University of Texas in Austin. Tell us about your college career. I did. I played my four years there from 07 to 11, and it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I am just glad I can give back to the game as a coach now that my, my career is over from a playing perspective. And, yeah, it's a, it's a great sport, and I wasn't ready to leave it just yet. Well, I've got to ask you, uh, we do a lot of work with professional athletes and student athletes about personal responsibility, alcohol, drugs, and how it can affect your life. Uh, and I got to believe, I'm certainly not um, um, convicting you of, of being an alcoholic mm -hmm. or accusing you of being a, a drunk party girl. I'm not at all. But what I am uh, bringing up is that the University of Texas in Austin is a party school. It is a huge party school. How, uh, how did that affect, I guess, your daily regime or how you approached your student athletics or, or just being a normal student on campus? Was it difficult to juggle that? Was, uh, was it a problem for some of your teammates or other people on campus? I don't know exactly how much you want to get into this, but uh, that is definitely some research we can do at the University of Texas in Austin that you have firsthand experience. Um, Yes, definitely. <laughs> Alcohol was a, was a big part of college life. Um, you might think I'm a liar, but actually I don't drink alcohol, so I was one of the minorities. It's actually kind of dubbed a joke that I was the best DD in all of our team, and I was kind of our team mom, but it definitely <laughs> did play a huge impact. It definitely um, you know, affected some of my teammates, some more than others, but I was just really blessed that you know, I was very focused and determined in my schoolwork and in my, in my soccer, and um, my heart kind of steered away from it, but mm -hmm. it definitely is a, is a forthcoming issue, that one that needs to be addressed, and that's why I think this presentation was so great for our student-athletes to hear, because you do feel like it can't happen to you, and it can, so um, yeah.
Well, it's inspirational, that, uh, and it's a great lesson for everybody to learn, that if you don't drink in college, you're the designated driver like Erica was. Uh, you can move on at a young age and become a, an assistant coach at a university, get involved with Team Impact, help the community, and do great things for the rest of America the way Erica is. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Before I let you go, I want to have a little bit of fun with you. South by Southwest, the big music festival in Austin. Uh, have you been? Which, you've had to have gone to that. You're, you haven't gone to that? I actually did not go to South By, but... You really were <laughs> a great student-athlete student at that campus if you didn't go to that. I was a very focused student-athlete. Okay. Yes. Well, then, I've never been either, so, so maybe that's one of our goals. Before we leave this earth, one of us is going to have to go to South By Southwest. That sounds like a deal because I've heard it's, one, it's a great party. So. <laughs> All right, Erica, uh, thanks again for your time. Best of luck here at the University of Texas, Tyler. Thank you very much. It was nice to meet you. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And we continue in Madison, Wisconsin, on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison, one of my all-time favorite campuses, uh, by the way, the home of the Badgers, Badger Nation. And we are here with uh, a couple uh, gentlemen, fraternity men, who are going to talk about a philanthropy. Uh, that's their charity, good causes, community service, raising money. We have with us uh, Don Flowers. Hi, Don. Hey, how's it going? And I introduced you first because as we met off mic, I remembered your name easily, Don Flowers. <laughs> And with you is, now don't coach me through this. I'm going to try my best. Give it's Walker. Your first name's Walker. Yes, I know sir. that. Walker Van Frankenstein. It, it close, Walker Van Dixhorn. So you, it was a pretty good shot. I've heard a lot worse. Walker Van Dixhorn. Yes, sir. That's, um, that's a really interesting name. You, real quick, I guess, uh, sorry, Don, that your name's so <laughs> awfully boring. But <laughs> no, completely fair, completely well, fair. What is the, give me some background on that. Uh, so my dad's side of the family is all from Norway. My mom's side is from Sweden. So both of their grand, or grandparents, my great-grandparents, were off the boat. And so it's... Uh, you know, it's got some nice Scandinavian roots to it. Who's Walker? Was there, is your grandpa's name Walker? No, uh, that's, uh, I'm actually not totally sure where that one came from. It was either Walker or Forrest or Parker, so I'm kind of glad that I went with Walker. Is your brother's name Texas Ranger? No, no. I mean, you have a, a, a sister named Eliza, though, and she's a, she's a sweetheart. She's actually a freshman here at Madison now. She is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's an amazing name. Okay, well, we're here with, I'll just call you Walker no and Don. Me. And uh, I've heard about this charity that you guys do involving uh, bicycles. And you guys, I'm going to put it in layman's terms, and then I want you to describe what you do. You ride uh, a group of you, bicycles, 10 speeds, whatever, road bike. I guess you'd call them touring road bikes, yep. um, cross-country from Madison, Wisconsin to Bloomington, Indiana, uh, every time the Wisconsin Badgers play IU in football, you ride hundreds of miles to raise money for charity. That's how I've heard it. How does it actually happen? Okay, so it's pretty close. So the senior SIGUP class every year kind of um, chooses where they want to go. So we choose an away football game, and then um, we actually bike the game ball all the way down to whichever host school we pick. And then it's kind of cool. The entire house gets into it. We raise about $15,000 for the American Family Children's Hospital here, oh, at, here in Madison. And, um, yeah, it's really great. Um, a lot of friends from the entire – or for the community, um, local businesses really get into it. And then one of our biggest things is we actually host a sorority powder puff football game that Walker actually organized this year. And that's one of our biggest money getters. So hats off to him. He really helped us out this year. That, that's uh, amazing. So just curiously, who, who was the game last year that you did this with? Last year was Michigan State. 
And what I guess what's the campus? You pick the game, so you're not going to pick when Wisconsin plays in the Rose Bowl. You're not going to ride your bikes to Pasadena. Not not in the cold. So as far as you'll go is uh, is is a Bloomington. Uh... Um, we want to keep it semi-regional, but I know in the past, like we've gone to Ohio State. It was about five or six years ago, but we're willing to go pretty far. And I mean. You know, classes can take a secondary motion for a week when TDT comes up. It's for a very good cause, so it's more than worth it. And you call it a TDT? What, what is that for? Tour to Touchdown. Tour to Touchdown. Yep. And uh, we're speaking with Don and Walker, um, Sigma Phi Epsilon members at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And, and this is uh, amazing about this bicycle um, tour where you bring the actual game ball to the game it just happened uh, this season when Wisconsin played at IU. So let me get some couple things straight in my head. Where'd you get the ball? Who okays this? I mean, does somebody with the NCAA, the Big Ten office, does, does the coach of the team you're playing have to say, yeah? I mean, I would, if I'm the coach of the other team, I'm like, I don't want a bunch of fraternity guys showing up with the game ball. No, um, we've done this for so many years now that we've actually had it okayed by the coach. Um, it's more a ceremonial game ball. And um, you, how, when did you leave? Madison, Wisconsin. How long did it take you to ride your bikes there? How many gentlemen were involved with it? How many? Did I already ask how many miles did it end up being? Okay, so the SIGUP seniors actually originally left Wednesday afternoon. We had to, some of us had to come back for some classes, but what happened was um, we would just take five mile shifts each time. Um, some people had to drive back for class, like I said, but um, we just kept coming back, meeting each other, and slowly we made it all the way down to Bloomington. It was a good 350 miles. But, yeah, we were able to crank it out in two and a half days, a lot of 12-hour days, but we got it done. How do you get back? Uh, we drove back. <laughs> we, we were a little too tired to make it all the way back, so we kind of just uh, we slacked it on the way back. Do you, do you train for this? I mean, the average person that just decides to get up and go ride their bike 350 miles, their legs hurt. Did you feel it for weeks afterwards? Um, since it just happened this last weekend, I'm definitely still feeling it now. Um, being a senior, I... Uh, I'm not in prime athletic condition anymore, okay. so to say. But um, no, it, it was. Well, it gets worse. Trust me. <laughs> Wait till you're 40. It actually wasn't too bad. I mean, overall, I think we only had to do what was that seven or eight shifts apiece. Okay. Some guys couldn't pull it all, and we had a couple guys who were in prime athletic condition, so they carried us a little bit. But it was not that bad. Okay, so the fifteen thousand dollars that this raised, how and where did that money come from? So a, a lot of it comes from our door-to-door -door activities. We go around the Madison community. We have uh, gentlemen, you know, dress up nice, wear fraternity letters, go around to some of the, the homes and basically say, you know, say what our cause is. You know, it's the American Family Children's Hospital. We explain to them what we do, kind of what we're about as men of Sigma Phi Epsilon. And then we get an amazing response from just the community at large. Also just from our parents, uh, relatives, some prestigious SIGEP alumni. People are really willing to donate to this cause, and especially the people that have been donating for a few years I mean, they love it. You know, they get, you know, they can see pictures of the trip. They know that it's really going to something that hits home. You know, it's helping kids in the Madison area. So that's really cool for people. And then also uh, one of the things Don mentioned earlier was the Powder Puff tournament that I was one of the directors of. And that's something that it's, it's honestly one of my biggest kind of favorite events of the year. We go around to all the sorority chapters. We talk to them. You know, we usually bring some of our better looking guys out to really entice the girls. And, you know, we tell them that we've got football players coming. And it's, you know, they also appreciate that it's for an amazing cause. It's helping kids. And these girls, they really get into it. I mean, there is blood, sweat, and tears out there. And mm -hmm. it, it, it gets pretty heated. But we raised over $5,000 just from that one single day of tournaments. We have entrance fees that are direct donations. And we also make a small profit off the shirts that we also donate to the charity as well. 
So, you know, the girls are happy to do it. They have a great time. You know, they're all complaining for a couple of weeks how sore they are after that day because, I mean, they get pretty rowdy out yeah. there. And we had uh, some members of the UW football team who were nice enough to come out and help us. They volunteered to coach, to referee. And so it's really cool to see Badger athletes getting out there, giving back to the community as well. And, I mean, they, I think they were all pretty impressed at some of the arms that these girls had. There are a couple of girls that are probably have a better arm than I do, to be quite honest. And they, uh, they sure get, get after it. That's fantastic. So the quick math in my head is that these uh, events have raised uh, $20,000. So is that for uh, this single, this one semester, You, uh, this chapter, Sigma Phi Epsilon, University of Wisconsin in Madison, uh, has raised $20,000 for um, Children's Hospital? Pretty close to that. So uh, the final tally is not going to be coming for a couple of weeks, but yeah, pretty close to that. Well, thank you. Hats off to you as a, as a member of the rest of the world, looking at your generation and what you're doing to try to help. That's amazing, and we, we thank you for your service. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's Walker. Thank you, Walker. You're very welcome. Thanks and for Don as well. Thank you, Don. Happy to be here. You know what? Before I let you go, is there a digital property where we can go see some of this footage? Is there a Facebook page where you have some pictures from either the bike or the powder puff game? Uh, we do have a Twitter account. Um, it's at Tour de Touchdown. Make sure to follow it. A lot of fun tweets on there. A lot of pictures on there if you guys want to uh, check it out. And then we also have um, a donation link on there also. We, oh, we're going to keep taking donations until the end of the year. So um, feel free to donate. We're more than happy to accept donations. Absolutely. We, we advise our listeners all the time to get involved and donate. So if you want to help this cause, and it's the Children's uh, American Hospital. American Family Children's Hospital, yes. The American Family Children's Hospital. Uh, if you believe in that cause, go check out uh, on Twitter, at Tour to Touchdown. Tour de Touchdown. Uh, like the Tour de France, except Tour de Touchdown. Oh, I, it's a play on bicycles. Exactly. Tour, exactly. Not the yeah. Tour de France. It's Tour de Touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, at Tour de Touchdown. Got it. Thank you very much for having us. What a great show. Thanks again to all of our guests and uh, all of our listeners. We appreciate you checking out Social Awareness Radio, getting involved with your communities, donating to worthy causes. Do what you can to make a difference on this planet. And we want to thank our two affiliates in Seymour, Indiana, WXKU and WZZB. Thanks for being on board with The Adam Rich Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.